Anyway, John chapter 3, verse number 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And he says it again, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What does all that have to do with each other? What is a serpent on a pole? Christ and Corona all have in common. Stay tuned. My message is called The Cure from Corona. Let's pray. Father, would you speak to every heart that is tuning in right now? In Jesus' name, amen. Every one of us is anxiously awaiting the cure for Corona. We all want it really, really bad. Some say we're six months away from it if you fast track it. Doctors say potentially longer than that because of the trial periods, maybe up to a year. Some people say there's no guarantee that we'll get it because, you know, they can, you know, just keep going and going and never have it. And uh, other people say, you know, well, it's going to take at least, you know, 18 months. Got to run through this and that and the other thing. There's all sorts of opinions out there, but we all want it and we all should want it and we all should be praying for the cure for corona. But today I want to talk to you about the... I don't want to talk to you about the cure for corona or even the fear of corona. I want to talk to you about the cure from corona. What do you mean? Well, in our text, as we come to our text, John, one of the beloved of Jesus, the one that used to, you know, kind of put his head on Jesus's uh, chest at the Last Supper, he was there. He was the one he describes himself as the one that Jesus loved. He makes reference to a time when Israel is wandering in the wilderness, and, and they encountered an outbreak of deadly, fiery serpents, and many of the children of Israel were bitten by those serpents and died. And so Israel has lost their way, and they are complaining against God and Moses, and these serpents start biting and killing everybody. And so Moses prays to the Lord. He repents on behalf of the people, and he asks God for a cure. And here's what God says, Numbers chapter 21, verse number 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. What is particularly interesting about this scripture is that the last thing that you would expect God to tell Moses to do is to make a serpent out of the molten metal and hold it up, and that would be the cure. As crazy as the text appears to be, the truth is that from the curse came a cure. Now, you may know this, you may not know this, but I checked it out with a medical doctor to make sure it was true. Every cure has a bit of the curse in it. Every vaccine has some of the venom in it. The medicine, the vaccine for corona will have some of the coronavirus in it. Matter of fact, the trial people for what I'm trial period for what I'm told is a trial to see how much of the actual virus can trigger your body to kick in and begin to fight against that thing. So they try different amounts until they find the right amount so that the curse and the cure are made from the same thing. Now as we're as it sounds, there is a spiritual truth in this that from every curse, the cure always emerges. And in the Bible, this is translated on so many different levels. In the life of Joseph, it, the truth translates like this. What the enemy meant for evil, God turned around for good. 
In the life of Paul, it translates like this. God took the church's greatest enemy and turned it into the church's greatest asset. If you go back to the life of Joseph again, it translates like this. God used Pharaoh and Egypt, Israel's enemy, to feed Joseph and Israel during a time of famine. If you translate it from the life of Rahab, God brought Jesus from a prostitute. If you translate it from the life of Jacob, God brought Jesus from a trickster and a heel catcher. And without getting too far ahead of myself, if you look at the whole of Scripture, Jesus became the sin for us, the curse for us, so that we can have the cure. The cure always comes from the curse. How does this relate to us? Our world is broken right now, and I want to focus on the United States. We have chosen sides against one another, haven't we? We have embraced tribalism, and we wear it as a badge of honor. I'm a Republican as if to say I'm better than you if you're a Democrat. I'm a Democrat as if to say I'm better than you if you're a progressive. I, I'm, I'm a white person. I'm a, I'm a black person. I'm a brown person. I'm religious. I'm spiritual. I'm an atheist. I'm for this. I'm against that. Our leaders fight against one another instead of doing what is right. We have lost the value of respect, honor for our elders, love for our neighbors. We have reduced interaction to screen time and communication to tweets and posts. Even the church has become about great leaders instead of godly pastors. Not to mention how we have lost our moral compass, calling that which is wrong right and calling that which is right wrong. In many ways, we have lost our way. And along comes a curse. And make no mistake about it, not sent by God, but from the pit of hell, meant to kill people's lives. We know it can't be from God because God doesn't kill. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This curse came to kill people's lives, to kill the economy, to kill the education system, and to kill the church. But listen, what the enemy meant for evil, God will and is turning around for the good. Can I share with you a couple of cures that are emerging from the corona curse? I have a few of them. The love your neighbor cure. Matthew 22, verse 39 says, love your neighbor as yourself. This has been called the Mount Everest of ethics. This is not a way of life. It is the way to the highest life. Not treat people as they treat you, but treat people as you want them to treat you. But love them. Uh, Treat them uh, the right way. What, What are we seeing right now? We are seeing that in times of crisis, we seem to always go back to this. I saw a guy on the news, and he owned a pizza place, and his pizza place wasn't doing good. You know what he said he's going to do? He said, I'm going to make pizzas and take it over to the local hospital to feed the doctors and the nurses that can't stay at home right now. What was he doing? Loving his neighbor as himself. I saw another person who started this online service so that elderly can 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 get in and uh, message them, and, and they'll take food, and they'll take medicine to the elderly. And we as a church, our deacons are doing that right now. As a church staff, we gathered around, and we said, if it comes to it, what can we do without so that nobody has to bear the full burden of this all by themselves? During times of crisis, we seem to turn to the love your neighbor cure because that's the cure that's coming out of the curse. And here's my caution. When it's over, let's not go back. Second cure, that we are better together cure. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse number 9 says, two are better than one. 
Corona has caused us to have a common enemy, albeit an unseen enemy. And whenever you have a common enemy, you tap into or you release the power of everyone pulling in the same direction. And so now you have, for the first time in a long time, Democrats and Republicans pulling in the same direction. The president and Congress pulling in the same direction. The private and the public sector pulling in the same direction. The states working with the federal government. The churches working with the community. The community working with the church leaders. Not fighting against one another, but working with one another, and all the power when we all pull in the same direction. One horse pulling all by itself, one horsepower. Two horses pulling on the same thing together, not two horsepower, but three horsepower. What's the message? We are better together. When we do it together, there's nothing that we cannot accomplish. If two pray, God answers. If husband and wife pull in the same direction, strong marriage, strong family, if church and community pull in the same direction, strong communities, if the younger generation and the older generation pull in the same direction, we get wisdom and vision colliding and creating innovation. One is too small a number to make a difference. Team, together, we each achieve more. Synergy, the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of the individual parts. The buzz phrase of the day is social distancing. But I hope you can already feel the awkwardness of that. I hope you can already feel when you come into contact with somebody how awkward it feels to, to move away. How awkward it feels to not extend your hand. How awkward it feels to not hug somebody who's a friend. You see, what are we learning? We are learning that watching online is okay right now and it's necessary. But as soon as we can, and I can't wait to gather together with you again because this is awkward. I don't want to be distant from you. I want to be in community with you because we are better together. Every Tom Hanks needs a Wilson. Every Adam needs an Eve. Every Michael Jordan needs a Scottie Pippen. We are better together. We will practice social distancing for now. But let's be determined to come back together and gather together as soon as possible, working together, pulling together, living together, loving together, because we are better together. That we are better together, cure. Here's my, here's my caution. Let's not go back. The third cure, the responsibilities Responsibility of leaders cure. Luke chapter 12, verse 48 says, too much is given, much is required. What I've loved about this crisis is how our leaders are working together to help businesses, hourly workers, anyone economically afflicted by the corona crisis. They want to get them aid quickly. They're not playing politics. They're not putting pork in the bills. They're, not, they're, they're, they're focused on helping people. The responsibility of leaders is to protect the people under their care. Is there any greater example than Jesus himself who laid his life down for us? You see, to protect us, to serve us, to save us, we are being reminded in this crisis of a cure that leadership is not about power. It is not about prestige. It is not about politics. It is about people. And here's my caution. When it's all over, let's not go back. Let's stay here. The next cure, the grateful for what we have cure. Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. During times like this, it can be easy to focus on all of the things that are going wrong. But one of the cures that is coming from corona is we get to focus on the things that we can be thankful for. Family. 
and getting to be with each other extra, more time with family, working from home and not having to deal with the commute. That's a blessing. Having your kids around more. Listen, they grow up fast. I'm blessed. My daughter's around me all the time, and I don't know what I would do if she wasn't. But my son was at college the whole time, and he got to come home early. When he came home early, I looked at him, and I said, you're my corona blessing. You see, we have things to be grateful for. If you still have a job right now, that's something to be grateful for. If you have some savings in the bank right now that you can lean on, that's something to be grateful for. Church online, not every church has it. That's something to be grateful for. The Scripture says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that God works all things together for the good, for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. That tells me we need to look for the good that God is doing. And when you tap into being grateful for what you have, it's a cure. It's a cure for fear and anxiety and worry and depression and all that stuff. In times like this, the cure that is emerging from the curse is the grateful for what we have. Curious, my caution. Let's not go back. The fifth cure. The God was at work before cure. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 13 says, For God is the one working in you, both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. God is working now, but he was working in advance of corona to take us through the crisis. This didn't catch God by surprise. No matter what your politics are, you'd have to admit that prior to corona, we had one of the best economies in history. Prior to Corona, stock market was at an all-time high. Unemployment rates at an all-time low. All the economic indicators strong, 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 strong. Coincidence or God working before? God making us strong enough before the crisis hit so that we can get to the other side of the crisis. In our church last year, we had to prepare ourselves to get refinanced. And so we got our, we got our finances in the best shape that they've been in in the history of the church. Coincidence or God preparing us so that we were strong so we could get to the other side of this. We spent years, just the last couple of years, getting our online platform up to speed, getting a, a social media up to speed. Coincidence? No. So that was strong and ready for this season so that God could take us on the other side of this. Pastor Ron, our Harlem campus pastor, started a prayer line every Thursday night that we need now more than ever. Coincidence or God working before? There is a cure that's coming from corona. People are adjusting, but many of the things that they are adjusting to were in place before. The online revolution, Amazon, groceries being delivered to the house. God was working before. Here's the thing we need to remember. God is working now. He's working through us and for us. He's always working on our behalf. The Bible says he's for us, not against us. And right now we need to know he's with us. And the scripture says if God is on our side, what shall we fear? The cure. God is working before. Here's my caution. Let's not go back. The sixth cure from corona, the prayer changes things, cure. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. What's God saying? Prayer changes things. Prayer moves the hand that moves the universe. Prayer invites heaven and all of its resources to intervene. Prayer is the breeding ground for breakthrough. Prayer is the breeding ground for a turnaround. Prayer still causes the sun to stand still, shuts the mouths of lion, keeps us safe in fiery furnaces, opens blind eyes, on stops blessed deaf 
years, causes miraculous provision, multiplies loaves and fishes, and yes, changes the course of a nation. Prayer changes things. Last Sunday was National Prayer Day. Let's not just pray one day. Let's be a nation that prays every day. Let's be one nation under God. Let's not just ask God to intervene when stuff goes wrong, but let's thank God for his hand of blessing that's always been on America. Here's my, here's my encouragement. Let's not go back. My, my last number seven, seven the number of perfection, my last cure emerging from crisis or from corona is the most important of all. It's the Jesus is Lord cure. Let's go back to the text. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Notice the link between the serpent on the pole and the Savior on the cross. Jesus became the curse of sin so we could have the cure of eternal life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says it like this, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The cure came from the curse. My prayer is that now more than ever, as we see the ultimate reality of sin and sickness in this pandemic, that we would realize that Jesus, the Savior on the cross, is the real cure that our world needs. So here's my question for you. Have you made Jesus Christ your personal Savior? Have you repented of your sin? Have you put your faith in Christ's hands? Today you can. I want you to pray this prayer with me if you haven't and you're watching from wherever you're watching from. It's a simple prayer. Just say it like this. Heavenly Father, today I come to you. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to save me as I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I know he is the ultimate cure for the curse of sin and any other curse that is in this world. I give him my life today in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, what I want you to do is you can click the uh, saved button, got saved, gave my life to Jesus button. You'll see it there on the online platform. Or if you're on the Facebook platform, you can just write the word Jesus in one of your comments. And one of our moderators will reach out to you and help you to connect in a deeper way. It's the most important thing. Matter of fact, the button is the raise your hand button, not the other buttons that I mentioned. I got a little confused there. But here's my final thought. My final thought is this. Let's not go back. Because um, we experienced a crisis a lot of years ago, well, a little over a decade ago, that was similar in, in terms of it bringing our nation to our knees. It was 9-11. Brought our nation to its knees. And during that time, we saw people helping people, people loving people, neighbor helping neighbor. We saw politics get put aside and power get put aside. And we saw important things become important things. And church was packed for two weeks for two weeks after that church was packed. Two weeks. And then we went right back to the same old, same old. You know what the scripture teaches? Second Peter 2.22, it says, a dog returns to its vomit 
and a sow that is washed from his wallowing will return to his wallowing in the mud. What's the scripture saying? It's saying that we have this propensity, propensity as, as human beings to, to get excited about the right things for a short period of time. And then as soon as life returns to normal again, we, we regress. Let's see this as an opportunity to find the cures to what is wrong with our world. And let's anchor them to, to Christ. Let's not go back. Let's find a better way. Amen? Thanks so much for watching, but don't just stop there. Click the Watch Live button in the description below to join us for Faith Church Online every Sunday morning. And while you're there, you can set a reminder to come back Sundays at 9 and 11. If you'd also like to learn more about getting involved here at Faith Church, you can click the Connect button. And be sure to subscribe to this channel so that you don't miss a single video and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you again for watching. And as always, remember, with Jesus, you are destined to win.